Welcome to Embrace Your Brain's exciting new series called Embracing the Mature Mind. Join Dr. Dee Coulter as she explores the natural brilliance awaiting us all in the upper decades. Welcome to the podcast. Today's topic, about those bookmarks. Last time, I introduced the idea that I'm calling bookmarks. And I was describing it recently to a favorite friend who was just beginning to enter these upper decades. I was telling her about how one-liners can sometimes deeply embed, and how sometimes we can even recall the very moment when we heard it. It's like a freeze frame or something in our memory bank. We could talk about where we were sitting, what was going on around us, what we were wearing. It's just utterly vivid. So I got to realizing how often I'd heard people talk about things like that. When they were looking back on when they first began applying real effort to something, that they went on to really develop some skill or talent, maybe it was a mission in life or a pursuit of some sort. And they'd think back and they could recall that it all began when some one person, maybe a teacher, a coach, a parent, a grandparent, could even be a stranger, said whatever the line was. And there it was, a powerful one-liner. So what in the world is going on when that happens? Why did it happen at that time? Why those words? And why did they happen to go in so deeply in that particular moment? Were, were we especially wide open then? What was going on? I want to keep looking at that in future times. So just how many of these one-liners have we delivered? We could unknowingly be delivering them, Teachers always have people coming back, you know, students you had 5, 10, 15 years ago, and, and they'd say something like, you know what made all the difference in my life? And you think, wow, it was one of the things I said, one of my one-liners. And they'd say, it was when you said, and out comes a sentence that you don't even remember having said. That is so common for teachers. Parents might not get that experience because kids aren't going to admit that you did something that powerful. Sometimes, it's something we spoke of spontaneously or impulsively. I mean, I can think of a real gift I gave one student once. He was a child that was harder to like than somewhat. So I worked on it harder, and I insisted every day I would see the best that was in him. Mind you, he didn't show it up very much. And so one day after, it was in the middle school, <laughs> And one day, after an entire day that I had spent either in a homeroom with him or assisting him in a regular class because I was a special ed teacher, he came in at the end of the day with a group of kids that were just going to kind of go over their homework and do whatever they do at the end of the day. And he said something so mean to one of the kids. So I just stood up, and I never got mad at the kids, but I just said, Michael? And I had no clue as to what was going to come out of my mouth, and neither did he. But he just froze and looked at me. And what I said was, you're so much nicer than you act. And that's what I was mad at. Not him, but the gap between the picture I was holding and what he was delivering. And he just said, I know. So I don't know, maybe that one-liner was a gift for him. Because it was true. He was so much nicer than he acted. I wouldn't have said that, though, if I hadn't practiced caring deeply about him first. And I think that's the clue if you're going to speak impulsively. Because how many times do you say something like that to a child that you don't see the best in? 
then you might create real harm. And when I was talking to my friend, she, her first response was, oh yeah, I know what these one-liners are. I remember the one that shut down my efforts to do any artwork ever again. Whoa. So that was a powerful one-liner too. And she introduced the whole world of the idea of there are negative one-liners that shut kids down and shut adults down and shut fellow workers down, and shut employees down, and shut spouses down, and shut our own children down. So we have to be much more cognizant of the power of our words. I'd love to gather some of the stories that you might have of powerful one-liners, because it's, it's really a big thing. My mind is just going on and on about what I thought was just a simple little idea, and it's branching out in multiple directions. So I'd love to hear your stories, those one-liners that empowered you and somehow engaged your will and made all the difference, or the ones that shut you down like my friend. And maybe the empowering ones might not have been positive statements at all. If they come from the right person or at the right time and if the recipient has the res- resilience to take it well. I just watched a, a biography of Sidney Poitier, And when he was only about 15, he was in New York all by himself, washing dishes and managing to survive and take care of himself. And he saw he was very, very borderline illiterate at that point. He hadn't really learned to read yet. And so he saw an ad that said actors wanted. So he went to the place and he said, the the fellow said, are you an actor? And he said, oh, yes. So he tried out for something, and it was perfectly obvious that he wasn't an actor, couldn't even read the lines, and the man got frustrated because he had wasted his time. So he booted him out and said, don't ever come back. Well, that should have shut him down, but as we know from his career, it didn't. What he did is come back a few days later and say, I notice you don't have a janitor. I would do it for free if I can just hang out here. So he did. At the same time, someone was helping him learn to read. So there he is, hanging out with truly good actors, being the janitor, taking up lots of lessons on the side, and eventually, of course, became an incredible actor. So why, as this 15-year-old who'd never done any acting and was totally written off by the director, what was it in him that said, I'll be back. I can show you I can do it. Sometimes coaches and teachers have a keen sense for just when it's the right time to go from positive feedback to negative. When is that negative feedback going to motivate and inspire the student or the athlete or the artist's will? That's another thing I'd like to explore sometime. How do we know and which child and under what conditions does negative feedback turn out to be a great, powerful, motivating one-liner. Next time, though, I want to explore another listener's request. She's pondering, what is grace? And as mature upper-decade folks, are we uniquely able to offer and model it for children and adults around us? And how can we do that successfully and with ease? That's such a cool question. If you have some thoughts on it, I'd love to hear about them. And I'll weave them together. We'll get back together again in two weeks. Thank you. I really hope you'll join me in this important conversation. 
please send your comments for sharing to d at embraceyourbrain.com. I look forward to hearing from you.